Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Wannabe, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I'm Imriel Morgan, founder of Content is Queen, a podcast community committed to amplifying diverse voices. Want to unleash your voice? Visit contentisqueen.org to discover our creator community and how we can take your podcast to the next level. Back to Wannabe, season six is all about women in sport and fitness. Today, we're diving into the world of fitness and inclusivity with Tig Hudson, the co-founder of Strong Hair. Tig is revolutionizing the fitness industry by addressing its glaring gaps in representation. With Strong Hair, she's creating a space that's as focused on mental well-being as it is on physical strength. Today, we'll delve into her journey from having no role models to becoming one her take on the current fitness landscape and why representation in fitness is so important. Get ready for an empowering session. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Honestly, I didn't have anybody to really look up to. I didn't see anybody that looked like me. However, I say that, the one person that I would say put itself a younger mindset was Beyonce. But that's not- <laughs> that's a popular answer. <laughs> that's literally because she was everywhere. I love music, I love dancing. It was just seeing a woman of that stature with that much, I suppose, power and that much presence and they were everywhere. But in terms of like sport or business or anything like that, I couldn't give you anybody. Thank you for your honesty on that because I think the lack of representation across the board (laughs) is really telling and does mean that often we or people that look like us have to be like, one of the first or the first kind of breakthrough or cut through. But in spite of that, you still chose the path that you've chosen. What was the catalyst? So I was really, really sporty when I was a child in school and was that annoying kid that was like the captain of the netball team and swam for county and was like, oh my gosh, can we do more sports? (laughs) I was that kid. But I got to a point in school where I was like, okay, I don't know what to do with sport. I don't know what to do with fitness like I don't want to be an Olympic athlete and I don't want to be a PE teacher why didn't you want to be an Olympic athlete because at that time I was like I have to dedicate my entire life and also subconsciously which I didn't realize is that again I didn't see anybody Mm. so I was like it's quite I suppose at that age and at that time it's quite overwhelming to be like oh well if I can't see anybody then I'm going to go and be in a team or I'm going to be the thing and I'm only going to be I'm the only black person or mixed race person so I moved away from that and went into dance because I saw, I enjoyed dance, but also I saw more people that looked like me doing dance. It was, then I went to uni and did no sports. And when I came back from uni, traveled around the world, like dancing, stuff like that. And then I moved to London and somebody was like, oh, you should be a PT. And I was working as a receptionist in LA Fitness. And I, I was like, oh no, like, no, I can't be a PT. Like I've never lifted a weight in my life, <laughs> which is really bizarre because I'd be the person that was like, let's do more sports. So that contrast of a person, something obviously jarred me that day or that week or whatever it was. And I was like, why am I afraid of weight training? Why don't I like it? And that was the catalyst. It wasn't necessarily anything to do with 
at that point me or the way I looked it was the fact that I was I was afraid of something that I used to do like I used to champion sports and right now in this moment I was like ooh, and I don't like feeling like I'm not capable of doing yeah. something so then I spoke to this guy at work and I was like right you need to teach me what to do with weights like I don't know what I'm doing so I remember squatting for the first time on this <laughs> Reebok step but it was awful and I was like oh and then I decided to become a PT because I was like I need to know like I don't like not knowing so if I become a PT then I know and it helped like I got my qualification and then it was through the first couple of years of being a PT working in the fitness industry that then I because of the person I am because of how loud I am and my need and want to help people I worked at a lot of studios and a lot of boutique studios I will say and again when I looked at it or stepped stepped back and looked at it I was like everybody's white in these mm. studios and I we got booked to do like fitness events and there was a clear contrast or clear difference between boutique studios in London and the demographic that was there and then what I would say is more within the black community is like dance fitness I want to say dance fitness but like there's more like soca vibes mm. so you know yeah like <laughs> there's more it's more music orientated and that was probably the first point where I realized the different like how white or how lack how much lack of representation there was in the strength space and I was like this doesn't make any sense that's so interesting because it sounds like there's like a, a just a difference of attitude representation or lack of representation is like contributing mm -hmm. to not engaging do you see that just more on like, I guess like gender lines I would imagine that black men are doing weights like I don't go to the weight section because I'm like what business do I have that this just feels like a male space no. that's what it feels like and no I know this is literally your ministry <laughs> in life here. yes I know so like this is why it's so interesting talking to you is it the intersection of just like something that's just like dominated by men and then also women and women of color in particular that are just like nah yeah there's kind of like a double down effect like you've got one layer and then you've got another layer so yes there's definitely black men that do weight training but i will say more black men do bodybuilding right less black men or i say less black men but it's not broadcasted it's not represented in mm -hmm. functional fitness in crossfit which is mainly my domain now i've done bodybuilding and there was a lot of black men in that for sure but in terms of what is i say trending right now or what is being pushed out more and spoke about more is more functional which is obviously making sure you can just move for life rather than aesthetics right, um okay. there's less black men i would say in that sport and similarly then there's a knock on there's less black women in functional strength training it's really, really I, I go to another gym obviously i own my own and i go to another one and i'm one sometimes the only woman and i'm absolutely the only brown woman every time i go in every time and i'm like that for me is alarming and then you've got just if you're going to a regular gym, a gym is just stark and it's cold and it's not inviting. So for women going into that space, again, you've got that level of like, okay, this isn't inviting. This isn't something I want to get involved with. And men are in it. Then the amount of <laughs> men, men being in it is a really big, is a big off, I'm not going to lie. Um, and then on top of that, <laughs> there isn't that sense of like, I'm going to say community, being involved and you're just kind of like stand alone. And it's just, there's so many levels in it. So much different pick. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds like it. <laughs> I mean, it's such an interesting conversation. And then I'm guessing even with the work that you're doing, and you must be having an impact, and I definitely want to know about the mm -hmm. impact that you are having with Strong Hair and just the wider work that you're putting into this. But like, even with the impact, you must be butting up against apprehension and resistance from people. How do you navigate that? I'm going to say we don't really come up against resistance in 
like people come to us and they don't want to be part of it just because our messaging and what we say is what we say. So you either identify with it or you, you don't. don't. Sure. Like, we're well, not here to be like, you must come to the gym, you must be stronger. <laughs> like, some people will, will look at the website, will look at what we do on Instagram and be like, do you know what? I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that community. And that would be the thing that we've kind of put out first and foremost is like, be part, like, we're a fun, inviting space for anybody from anywhere. That's the thing that actually that draws people in. Then obviously you've got then the element of strength training and we're going, look, anybody from anywhere, any colour, any age, any ability level can be here and is welcome here, which again is not something that you get in any fitness space. So that's kind of the trickle down. So we don't, don't suppose we get resistance. What we do get, our biggest thing is if you, it's people will change when they're in the environment but you have to give them permission and you have to allow there to be an accessible route for them to be in that environment which is a, what a lot of fitness spaces don't do it's kind of like if you can't pay this and if you don't look like this then you're not welcome here whereas we're like the door's wide open come in you might have different ways of looking at things now like people come in and like i want to lose body fat i don't want to eat carbs mm. all that sort of stuff Whereas obviously if they're in stronger, then we have a way to subtly infiltrate that mindset and be like, <laughs> you know, all food is great. Lifting weights is great. Strength training is fun. It's not intimidating. And gradually over time, like their beliefs and the way that they approach things will be different. So I wouldn't say there's resistance of people like, I'm not doing it. It's when they come in, they're like, oh, I'm not sure, but I want to be part of this. And then they grow and they change with us. Yeah. yeah. That sounds good. That sounds like proper community. Uh, I have like two questions and yeah. I'm trying to figure out in my mind what is the most natural route or where will this one take me? <laughs> I actually want to know how you go about cultivating safety and how you build inclusion into this work. Because I'm in this space, but I do it for audio. Mm -hmm. I'm currently actively fighting for equality in audio. And that is exhausting work. It is additional labor. It is not something that often are more privileged and often whiter yeah. peers in the industries that we occupy have to think about or even consider. I know some of them do, they're allies, and that's great, and we love that for us and for them. But the reality is it is just like an additional thing to think about. I don't want to call it a burden, and sometimes it can feel that way. Mm -hmm. But it's a thing to think about, and it's often the part of the work that is at least not as not necessarily as financially rewarding because you're having to support different types of people from different backgrounds or being as welcoming as you can. Mm -hmm. But how do you go about doing that work? And obviously, it's very important to you. It's part of your origin story as well. Yeah. How do you go about doing that work? And also just kind of like keeping yourself grounded in that work as well oh that is a heavy question i'm so sorry um <laughs> you lift weights so i know yeah so I, I, I believe in you and um, because <laughs> my mind was going to like the team first rather than necessarily our community i'm gonna say it starts from top down mm -hmm. so both myself and my co-founder sam obviously on a face value I'm mixed race, which is one thing you don't necessarily see as a business owner as a fitness business owner sam is also queer which is not necessarily that's not something you see but it's something that she is mm -hmm. so then when we now are portraying what we talk about or the people that we hire and the the community that we build from a staffing point of view very very i don't even know if i'm aware actively aware mm -hmm. but it's definitely something where I, the team we have I've, I've chosen them especially the coaches I've chosen all of them because they bring there's something about their story there's something that I'm like right you could connect with this group of people you could connect with this group of people mm -hmm. you could connect with this group of people and I have made decisions before where I've been like this person who I'm going to hire is absolutely amazing however I already got somebody like that and again it's creating that representation 
whether what you look like or your gender or your sexuality is creating that representation there for them to then have the conversations and be freely be willing to talk about that which then attracts the next layer and level and then equally we all learn from each other recently we had a trans awareness training because we were like this is something that we're being asked as a, as a company and as mm -hmm. a business and we all need to do more and we need to learn more in this area mm -hmm. but every single person in that room some people are very clued up on it some people are not yeah and i think we have to well not we have to not i think we have to be willing to be like we don't know everything we don't know everything right now but we are willing to learn and also by having people from different places spaces and different backgrounds and different sexualities different genders as part of our core means that then somebody might say something and it might be offensive it's like that wasn't appropriate for you to say but we can have those conversations between Internally, us yeah. which then makes it more comfortable to have those conversations with our community and with people that come in and be more understanding with that and i think if you don't have that which a lot of top level companies do not yep. then there's no way this whole we're gonna make our company more diverse and inclusive it's like but is it at the top because if it's not at the top and it's not trickled down through your middle management and you're not also willing to be like we're doing this and we're learning from each other then there's no way you are gonna it's gonna happen at the bottom agreed hard agree cosine yeah um, actually <laughs> absolutely nailed it and i think you're right it, it does need to lead from the top and I love that you said that there's actually, it's, it's not that it's something that you think about, but it is it is something that you think about whether you do it consciously yeah. or unconsciously. I understand that and empathize with it because it's just like, well, I know that I want everyone here. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. everyone has I, to kind of be, be here. here. Yeah. I can't say let's have an inclusive brand and then not, not have, have an inclusive, inclusive brand. brand. Yeah. But also then it's, it's really hard to not do that whole thing where you're just trying to hit a quota. Be exactly. like, oh, well, we Chicken don't have this person here. Like mm -hmm. it's, and I don't choose people for that reason it's that it's just I a feel, consideration yes i totally hear you on that it means that you're creating something that is going to be meaningful and impactful and really change yeah. lives and that's ultimately the goal of strong but i think yeah just just listening to what you're saying it's like there isn't enough places which just like come be you yes and come as you are mm. uh the closest i've had to that is i did poll like yeah. last year and Paul is so empowering oh my gosh I so actually good. love it and, and it's also you it's so painful so, so <laughs> painful like so much friction is involved <laughs> in Paul they do not warn you and you do that really early on as well you're like you'll get used to it I'm like, like but I don't want to <laughs> like I don't want like weird thigh skins um, <laughs> but also like the only way I can kind of understand what you're saying about with strength training is like when I went to pole, you're kind of immediately doing moves almost in the first session. Yes. You're like, I had no idea my body could do that. Yeah. And so I do, I, every time I've gone, I've always left feeling like, oh my God, I'm kind I'm of amazing. Badass. My body is actually kind of like <laughs> sick at stuff. Yeah. Like I lifted my whole body okay. weight yes. into a pole. Yes. And then I actually moved it into different positions. <laughs> Not beautifully and definitely not sexily but, but nevertheless it got to the position that I was meant to get to and so I definitely think like there are gateways into yes. or like as you say like people come to you when they're like almost they've gone on that that journey mm -hmm. or they're on the route to that journey of like I and my body I know my body can do more or I, I know my body's capable of more but they just don't know they what don't the know. what the at what the method is what the method yes. is for them yes and this is as I was going to say then like you know people can move like movement for me anyway, any movement is valid. Like it doesn't have to be strength training. But the thing is, and kind of what you've just said is that people don't know or women don't know that they can do strength training. Yeah. So then they're like, you've just said like, oh, well, running was out because my hip's gone. And I'm like, well, what you've just said to me actually is probably you're made for strength training. <laughs>
And we're halfway through. What an enlightening conversation with Tig so far. We're taking a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're about to explore how Tig cultivates a culture of safety and inclusivity in her business. Stay tuned. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Right, let's get back to it. Where do you get your audacity from? I do not ask this question of every guest. (laughs) I ask it of the people that I just get the sense that like, you've gone above and beyond (laughs) what is called of you or what is required of you even. And that's an audacious and bold thing to do. So where does Um, that come from? I will be honest though. I would only consider myself probably audacious in the last year. I've always been loud in spaces where I feel comfortable. I also did a video the other day because I went into like a really bad hole like about eight weeks ago. There's a lot of things that have happened to me over the last couple of years. And it just all of a sudden kind of, I say imploded, but it imploded very gently. Like I didn't realize I was in a dark place. And I come out of it and I was like, right, I'm going to tell this story again. I'm not just going to go, yeah, okay, cool. Because I was like, there's other people that need to hear it. It will help somebody. But also this idea of being a business owner and everything being okay, being a black business owner, everything, apparently black women are meant to be like tough as shit. And like that whole idea as well. Like Mm -hmm. a woman to be angry and aggressive. And I'm like, I am not, I am just a person. And I have my own shit that I'm going through. And it's really difficult for me. So then I spoke that out as well. So I don't know where it comes from, but now I'm just not afraid. I love that. I guess it also reaches a boiling point for some of us as well. It's like something. Yes. It just you feel it and you're like, I'm not saying anything. And it's suppressing and suppressing. It just yeah. bubbles and bubbles. And you're just like, 
damn it, of course, say, say something. something. It's my time. <laughs> At I... that point, you're just like, oh, I guess it's going to be me because I was, I was hoping someone else would. Yeah, but no one's stepping to claim it. So <laughs> literally, literally, no one else is stepping up. So I guess since it's bothering me so much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so. the pee in my bed, so I must <laughs> yeah. take like, it out. But you do it and you're, like, you're, you're the person that chooses to suffer if you don't say anything. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, I don't want to suffer no more. Get it off my chest. Let the rest of the world deal with it. Exactly. It's off mine, it's on yours. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, that was a perfect answer. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for sharing that though. And thanks for being honest about like the moment that yeah, it wasn't an easy path to follow. Yeah. What are you working on improving right now? Like what are you working on getting better at for you? And you can take that in any direction. Like it could be personal, it could be about your work, it could yeah. be about your own personal fitness. Like what is it that you're working on? I'm working on me. Oh, I'm working on. I need to eat. I'm so hungry. Um, I'm working on feeding myself. Right feed myself. <laughs> um, no, I'm working on me. I was in a ten-year relationship, which I left last year, and there's a lot that's been uncovered since that, which is also why this kind of like dark place came a couple of months ago. Because there's things that basically have been removed from my life. Some of them I've chose. Some of them I haven't chose. And I came up with this. People keep taking the piss out of me, but I it was this weird moment, and I was just like, I just need to choose me. That's, it's really, really simple. And it's like every action that I take, going out on nights out, does it actually benefit me or mm-hmm. does it benefit them or whoever them is? The last like four weeks, I've been like living this, I'm going to say mantra, which mm-hmm. is like, okay, if I'm choosing me, would tomorrow's me be okay with it? Cool. If that's the case, then I'm going to do it. And so I would say that is my main I am choosing me as a leader you always think you have to lead people and if you're lost then how can you lead Mm. and actually I'm like well no if I don't know where I'm going I can just choose the path that I want to go so that's where the whole choose me came in so yeah I was me I am my project right now I love that I love it oh that's great Sounds like a great project. It's a great project. <laughs> everyone should just choose me. Choose not yourself. me. Not me. Choose yourself. <laughs> if everyone wants to choose me as well, that's great. <laughs> Feeds my ego. <laughs> no, that's a wonderful answer. And a wonderful way to look at it as well. Choosing yourself often comes in the moment of like your body or something is forcing you to mm-hmm. to do so because you just neglect yourself for so long and you can't pour from an empty cup. No. So no. Let the cup overflow. My cup is overflowing right let now. Let it I overflow it out to the and world. And let it spill into the other cups <laughs> that fall beneath. And so, no, I love that. It's a, a wonderful answer. Thank you for sharing. And then the final question is, what is the best advice and the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice I've ever received. I remember years ago, I was advised to use the product Vagisil. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Right, I know which of it. Yes, changes the pH, pH balance, which that gives you BV, and that was the worst advice because then I got BV, and it's and then you're like, well, I'm hyper clean, but you smell like ass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so BV that is actually the worst. Might be the worst advice. My best advice from one of my close friends it sounds so simple but she was just like just talk more because I don't I never used to open up because I take everybody else's Mm. burdens I was that person like where the the book stops with me and I'd be like it's all right I'm the ox I can deal with everything and my friend just turned around to me one day and she was like you you don't have to deal with everything she's like you need to talk and from that moment I made a conscious effort like when things were going tits up or I didn't feel good I was like I'd speak to her and then every time I meet her I also have this tendency where I let other people always speak first Mm. I hear everybody else's I'm I'm a very good listener and then 
when it gets, it's, everyone else has said their thing for like an hour and then it gets to me and I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. So she makes a conscious effort when I see her. She's like, right, what's going on? And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, and that's, yeah. And it's really, and again, this is more, this is, I suppose, in the line of like choosing me. It's like when I'm in that scenario, I now, even in friendship groups, I'm like, I make sure that I even speak or say how I'm feeling, which I never used to do because I'd be like, nah, I can handle it. No one can handle everything. So talk more. Love that. Beautiful advice. <laughs> like genuinely, very good advice. Thank you so much. You're Thank welcome. you, Jake. This has been eye-opening and very useful. What a transformative conversation with Tig. Her audacious approach to breaking barriers in the fitness industry has hopefully inspired you to look beyond the status quo, be it in fitness or any other space. To learn more about Tig's work, visit stronghair.co.uk or follow them on Instagram at stronghairwomen. And that's a wrap. If you know someone who would benefit from today's wisdom, share this episode with them now. Keep up with the latest from Wannabe by following us on your favorite podcast player and Instagram at contentwithqueenhq. Until next time, bye. This is a Content is Queen production, hosted and produced by me, Imriel Morgan, editing by Joseph Perry, sound design by Amber Miller, and production assistant was Sharai White. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.